To discuss the real issues affecting the Tasman nations, this is Trad Tasman Talk, jointly produced by the Unshackled.net and RightMinds.nz. Now, here's Tim Wilms in Australia and Dewa DeBoer in New Zealand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the final Trad Tasman talk before the Australian federal election. Uh, it is fr Friday, the 20th of May, 2022. It is 6 p.m. here in Melbourne, where in 24 hours' time, the polls will close on the, the East Coast. I'm Tim Wilms, Editor-in-Chief of The Unshackled here in Melbourne. And good evening to everyone. I am Dewey DeBoer for RightMinds.nz here in Auckland, and it is 8 p.m. And uh, we are live on the Unshackled and RightMinds YouTube channel, as well as on the RightMinds Facebook page, and of course on the Interactive Entropy software, where you can ask a direct question and send through a super chat. I noticed that... Uh, those in the live chat have noticed I'm wearing glasses. That's because, well, uh, I'm going blind. Uh, and normally I, I'm short-sighted, so I need it for seeing long distances. But clearly my eyesight's getting really bad that I can't even read the <laughs> the, the, the I, screen in front of me. In the pre-show, I told him that his IQ went up by 10 points when he put on the glasses. So it's... Uh, yeah. Uh, but unlike Homer Simpson, I didn't find them floating in the toilet. <laughs> and uh, tonight uh, I was running a little bit late, so in addition to my gin, I also have uh, some ice cream here. So if you if you see me duck away to take a bite of ice cream, that's just because um, it's just a bit, bit pushed for time this evening. Uh, a few in the, the chat have been uh, on the booths uh, handing out head of oak cards. Uh, I assume for uh, freedom... Freedom Parties, uh, Lady of Shalat, uh, it also says that everyone on alert uh, for monkeypox. It's a real issue, you know, because, yes, uh, everyone's going bananas over it at the, the moment because it uh, arrived in uh, Australia today. We had, well, a at 2 p.m. Uh, this afternoon, there was both a press conference with uh, Victorian health officials and also in New South Wales uh, with their health officials because there's one confirmed case in uh, Victoria and one suspected case in, in New South Wales. So this is the, the health alert that our chief health officer, uh, well, it actually wasn't issued by him. It was issued by uh, <laughs> associate, uh, what is it, uh, Professor Deborah uh, Friedman, Deputy uh, Chief Health Officer of Communicable uh, Diseases. So uh, this is the key message that monkeypox is a rare disease that is caused by infection with the monkeypox virus. There have been several cases of monkeypox reported internationally and local transmission has occurred among these cases. There is currently one case of monkeypox identified in Victoria, a man in his 30s who recently returned from the United Kingdom and is isolating away from the community. Contact tracing, ugh, that word again, is underway to identify close contacts who may be required to quarantine. Monkeypox does not easily spread between people. However, it may occur through skin-to-skin -skin contact, contact with infected services or items and respiratory transmission. Clinicians should uh, seek advice from v 
epidural and considered testing monkey for monkey monkeypox in return travelers with uh, compatible symptoms and it says who is at uh, ri- risk uh so they've been seen outside of endemic countries uh in the past it's been typically due to international uh, travel local transmission is however suspected among the international cases there may be increased risk uh, for people who have direct contact with someone with monkeypox and demonstrating symptoms and men who have sex uh, with men because uh, many of the the, the cases uh, in the, the West have been found in uh, sexual health clinics uh, amongst homosexual men. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, they, uh, they put that in there right at the end. But uh, as, as far as I can tell in my five minutes of research about monkeypox, uh, there is uh, very little risk to the average person. And I know a lot of people are rightly uh, paranoid. Is this going to lead to a, another uh, lockdown and enforced uh, vaccination campaign? The good news is uh, that there is already a, a sterilizing vaccine against monkeypox. Uh, uh, what I mean by sterilizing vaccine <laughs> is that it kills, it kills the virus. Uh, so... Uh, the reason why smallpox was able to be eradicated, or so we think, is uh, through uh, sterilising vaccines. And so uh, we are told that uh, Australia's already got a, some uh, smallpox vaccines in the, the national stockpile, and we're offering them to close contacts because uh, uh, they still work even after you've been uh, exposed to, to, to monkeypox. Uh, so that's the, that's the good news. There's already a, a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other good news, of course, is that we don't have to give you a COVID update this week because it's a monkeypox update instead. Although since we are approaching uh, winter <laughs> here in uh, the, the summer, southern hemisphere and before the uh, everyone went bananas over, over monkeypox, uh, uh, there was uh, the, the usual uh suspects uh, warning about uh increased uh transmission uh because our cases in victoria have been ticking up there have been about 13 or 14,000 at the 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 peak of the past two weeks because so they peak midweek and then drop off on the the weekend and so we had uh the victorian president of the the ama uh roderick uh, mccray uh in the, the age uh newspaper wanting people to voluntarily uh wear masks uh, at the, the supermarket indoor uh theaters and anywhere else there is a high chance of spreading uh winter uh, viruses so, but uh, we had uh, Dan Andrews uh, this week uh, say that he hadn't had uh, advice uh, to uh, reintroduce uh, uh, masks, uh, but uh, he is mentioning the, the, that uh, the flu is uh, proving more of a, a challenge, and especially in uh, young children. Uh, the Royal Children's Hospital has been emergency at uh, peak uh, capacity. And uh, because, well, children have been locked down, haven't been able to go to school, playground shut, uh, they haven't been exposed to uh, flu-like viruses. And so there is uh, concern about how hard the the flu, the return of the flu will will hit hit, uh, children uh, this winter. And of course, luckily, there is a flu vaccine for for everyone. And uh, 
at the the New South Wales monkeypox which, press conference. Which seems to work about as well as the COVID vaccine. Yeah, uh, Health Minister Brad Hazard took the opportunity to grumble at uh, all the people who weren't taking the flu seriously and to, to get their, their flu uh, vaccination. The, the Q&A with the journalists tended to be more about the, the flu uh, than, than monkeypox. Uh, they, they, the, the health officials said, no, there's, you know, uh, I don't, I don't see that you need to cancel your, your holiday to Europe over, over the winter. So <laughs> what is it? Be alert, but uh, not mm -hmm. alarmed. And uh, we unfortunately do have another type of epidemic in New Zealand as well. Uh, it's been reported that the, uh, there are some serious um, uh, uh, issues with uh, young children learning uh, and socializing and so on because they have been uh, uh, isolated for so long. They've seen everybody wearing masks. So the development that we, uh, you know, the, the level of development and progression that we would expect to see uh, uh, in the under fives, under sixes uh, is, is, is well below where it should be. And so that is a, uh, a big, a big uh, damage that has been done. And the effects of that, again, these are the effects that we will continue to see over the coming years. Uh, similarly, in New Zealand, a, uh, uh, um, a report on the state of the uh, of mental health uh, situation in New Zealand uh, was buried for over a year, uh, has now been released, uh, just showing, uh, how, as you would expect, how terrible the mental health facilities in New Zealand are and how they are deteriorating. And that's also another reason why there is presentations at uh, the Royal Children's Hospital uh, in uh, Melbourne, and you're, you're absolutely right. The well, uh, the evidence that uh, was already there, it's now just being recorded. Just how damaging masks were for for children. A another organisation pu pushing for mask mandates, uh, including for children, is the Burnett Institute in in Melbourne. It's based at Monash University. Uh, they recently celebrated Ida Hobbit Day, and not a mask in sight. And uh, they, uh, well, basically, uh, uh, they deleted the tweet, which is basically an admission of uh, hypocrisy that it wasn't a good look to them lobbing the mask and then do this big. I know a few of them have got cupcakes in their hands, so maybe it can be argued that uh, they were uh, eating at, at, at the time. But look, no social distancing mm. at all. Uh, dare I ask what Ida Hobbit is supposed to stand for? Oh, well, it's another, uh, what is it, alphabet uh, holiday. So International Day Against Homophobia, uh, Biphobia, Intersexphobia, and Transphobia. I don't know what the... Uh, I already regret asking. Is. The O. Well, yeah. next oh. month, uh, June, is, is a whole month of uh, LGBT pride. <laughs> Uh, yes, I'm. I'm sure we're all looking forward to that. I, I believe in New Zealand we end up with two months of it. We have like a New Zealand month and then an international month. Uh, so, not you know, not very nice. And uh, uh, Jacinta, she's uh, caught uh, the uh, the Wu flu from. Yes, yes. Jacinda uh, has managed to to finally catch the Wu flu. Um, she, I'm not 100 percent sure where she got it from because she went to Japan. Okay, well, didn't uh, she get it from Clark Gayford? Uh, yeah, fiance. probably. Uh, he got it first. Yes, that's right. So she did her trip to Japan and was fine, and came back to to New Zealand and managed to catch it for uh, managed to catch it from Clark. Um, and she was too sick to answer questions in the house uh, and so on. 
uh, and uh, apparently um, she also uh, uh, announced that she had lost her uh, sense of taste, which, I mean, we already knew that uh, a long time ago. We've discussed her lack of taste on the show uh, over the past few years, um, but it, it was a, uh, a well-placed uh, 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 article in Stuff, uh, right next to one about the uh, price of cheese. So uh, she announced that uh, you know she was eating these cheese rolls, but she couldn't taste them. Uh, and uh, of course, nicely, we can also see that the price of a block of cheese, some uh, mainland tasty aged cheddar, is twenty-one dollars in New Zealand, uh, or some places uh, countdown usually. Um, this is. Uh, on the higher higher end of it, you can get cheaper cheese than that. But just to just to uh, uh, show you know the the, the uh, absolute insane inflation that we're facing here in New Zealand, the cheapest cheese that you can get at the moment is something like thirteen fifty, uh, nearly you know nearly four. It'll be fourteen dollars next week, I guess, uh, and that's for the cheap stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, uh, she could she 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 can't taste the cheese. Well, neither can we because we can't afford it. Mm. Maybe it's time for what is it, uh, Wallace and Gromit to go back to the moon to get some cheese. <laughs> uh, yeah, we could send the uh, we could send just send his puppet uh, uh, up there. And now your uh, mainstream media landscape is is having a, a shift uh, at the moment. Uh, there's been a a stuffed a <laughs> leak. Yes, a, a memo was uh, leaked. Uh, and sent to uh, Cameron Slater from the BFD, and the memo uh, written to staff staff uh, noted that COVID was over, uh, that people were no longer interested in engaging with COVID stories, and that it was time for them to move on, and they wanted to try and keep their audience, that they had gained all of those extra clicks, uh, ad revenue, possibly government subsidy uh, that they had gained during COVID. They wanted to keep that. They realized that the way to keep that is going to be uh, as you know, they're going to have to move on from COVID. So uh, they didn't want to say this publicly, but uh, thankfully there was at least one employee inside stuff who uh, decided that, that was something that we should all know. Um, they'll they'll get very excited when uh, New Zealand has its uh, first uh, monkeypox uh, case, uh, which be, which is uh, inevitable. Um, I saw uh, there was a there was a comment here up here from Cresho. See if I uh, what Jacinta will announce. Uh, monkey jockeys to stay off horses until further notice are done, and it might be one last hurrah from. Is he still in the job, Mister Ash, uh, Doctor Ashley Bloomfield? Yes, he is until next month, I believe, end of next month. So he might <laughs> get uh, one last uh, swan, uh, swan song, or should I say, monkey song? <laughs> Uh, I do hope that this one will blow over, and uh, but by, by the time we do the next show in two weeks, I'm hoping the monkeypox thing is over. Well, even though uh, that, uh, well, it's not being discussed much at the election. Uh, COVID uh, policy. Elbow yeah. uh, was uh, asked at the. I don't see this holding up. <laughs> yeah, asked at the the press club uh, by Catherine Murphy of the Guardian. What would you do to address the? The, the, the deaths as part of a, a, a new strategy and Elbow gave some waffle answer. Yes, we do need a, a new strategy. I'll request a, a brief and uh, see what- I'll, I'll, I'll read it out to you when, when my assist, assistant brings me the, uh, the binder. But uh, the new South Australian uh, Premier, Peter Malinowskis, uh, he has uh, introduced uh, 
$75,000 fines and two years in jail for uh, COVID breaches. Uh, so he's uh, done a deal uh, with the, the Greens and SA Best, which is uh, Nick Xenophon's uh, former uh, party. Uh, so uh, this uh, uh, this uh, prison threat and uh, fine threat uh, under the Public Health Act, individuals who breach isolation requirements or ignore vaccination mandates and mask rules in high-risk settings such as hospital or nursing homes can be fined or face two years uh, in prison. So if you're, uh, it's going to be interesting, the, the prison conversations, what are you in for? My mask slipped off at the emergency department. <laughs> That's still absolutely insane. Obviously, we do have um, mandatory masks in New Zealand still in most settings, uh, but thankfully, uh, very little enforcement on that. Uh, there are a few places you should avoid. Um, PB Tech stores are one of them. They have uh, an absolute, ins absolutely insane mask policy, but most other places are, are very relaxed now, thankfully. Well, we still have mask a uh, mask mandate for public transport, though there is very low compliance and uh, what is it uh, I heard from a, a source that uh, when the ticket inspectors were on board they obviously checked their tickets uh, but didn't bother about enforcing <laughs> masks which is good so there you go. and uh, we were speaking about the media just a minute ago uh, there is a new uh, platform that has launched in New Zealand called the platform dot uh, kiwi and has been launched by Sean Plunkett who was fired from the uh, the radio a few months ago now um, what along with a number of others. I can't remember what he did, um, but a number of them were fired for uh, allegations of being racist or something, I guess. That's the common one. Oh, the usual thing. <laughs> um, so he started up his own uh, uh, internet radio uh, um, platform, saying calling it a platform. It's a bit awkward, but that's what it is, the platform. Um, and calling himself the resistance, nice American um callback obviously this is the uh, resistance against Jacinda not the resistance against Trump and uh, they do yeah they basically are uh, publishing opinion pieces news articles um, you know uh, actual journalism and uh, radio every weekday so uh, if you haven't heard about them you know it might be worth to uh, check them out uh, and I suspect we'll see more stories from them as as a we'll say independent news source obviously he has um, some millionaire backers but at least they're a little bit more uh, centrist by that, you know, which means we'll get some some maybe semi right, uh, semi right wing uh, uh, opinions every now and then. Oh, well, good. Well, for they're, they're certainly uh, origin. They're certainly joining in on the info wars. It looks it looks more promising than what is it? News Corp's uh, uh, launched uh, talk TV with uh, Piers Morgan's uh, centerpiece show, which nobody's watching. Uh, GB News that uh, that launched uh, last year, which is it's a independently owned uh, channel. It's got uh, Nigel Farage and Mark Stein as their their main presenters. Yeah. Uh, that I would uh, recommend to get some good uh, good uh, British uh, common sense talking. Tune into to GB News, and uh, it's been uh, good watching the Mark Stein shows recently. He's really been digging into vaccine injuries, yeah. in and he's UK so funny finally. as well. Oh, he's yeah, absolutely hilarious. Um, I tuned out a little bit on the Ukraine stuff, uh, but uh, yeah, a little bit, little bit uh, gung ho on Ukraine. But uh, when when he came back to the UK, he has he's really got stuck into uh, uh, vaccine injury compensation, uh, actually platforming uh, the family members of um, uh, those who were killed by the vaccine and so on. So uh, Mike Stein is definitely 
um, doing a great job there. Okay, I've just been sent through by Stephen Berry, the uh, updated, uh, is it Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry poll of, of polls. Uh, so I will we'll just uh, grab that. Uh, we still have uh, one, that's that's him uh, with the, the ding there. There is going to be uh, one final news poll tonight. Uh, which will drop at about uh, 9 p.m., uh, but the, the polls uh, have been tightening. Uh, so we had uh, the, the final Guardian uh, Essential, Ipsos, Roy Morgan, and what's the other one? Uh, Resolve Monitor uh, in the age. Uh, so there was a news poll last Friday night. Uh, there'll be one dropping uh, tonight. And uh, as you can see, it's it's closed there. This is the... The primary, so One Nation and United Australia, they've been pretty stable at 5%, United Australia around 3%. Uh, I don't know if the Greens vote is going to be as high as that, but as you can see, the major party... I think we often have a situation like that in New Zealand where the Greens, uh, you know, they poll a percentage point or two higher than they usually get on the day. Yep, so... We all remember uh, 2019 when the the polls uh, were wrong, and uh, Scott Morrison pulled off the the election miracle. Uh, so, obviously, it's, well, he would be praying for a, a second mir miracle, and he's not a Catholic because if he did pull off a second miracle, then he'd qualify to be a saint. <laughs> uh, no, un unfortunately, he's uh, sadly it appears the most wishy washy spineless brand of Pentecostal you could have dragged up. Um, so the, the, this is what I put into the um, into the description for the show for the for part of the promo was, does he deserve to win? Because it certainly is possible that he can pull off another miracle victory uh, as the underdog. You know, he was polling behind every single day until the very last day, uh, and then he wins again. But but what for? What do you, what do you get out of it? What's the point? Well, he, at the official uh, Liberal campaign launch in Brisbane on Sunday, having a, a campaign launch in the last week of a six-week election campaign, tell me how that uh, makes any sense. Uh, but he announced uh, the the coalition's uh, signature housing policy, uh, which would be that first home buyers would be able to dip into their super up to fifty thousand dollars to buy their their first home. Uh, it's a policy that uh, Tim Wilson, uh, the Liberal member for Goldstein, who's under threat from one of the Teal Independents, former ABC journalist Zoe Daniel, he's been lobbying for this policy for a while. Home first, super second has uh, been his, his slogan and, and Scott Morrison has adopted it. It's better than uh, Albo's housing policy for the government to own 40% oh, yeah. of your home. <laughs> Uh, we do actually have that. Um, that's that super. Well, I say super. In New Zealand, we have uh, Kiwi Saver, uh, but that is part of the um, uh, something that the Labor Party actually brought in. I believe that you could uh, dip into your uh, Kiwi Saver, or you could effectively empty it out to uh, to buy your first home. Um, how effective it's been, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I do know people who have used some of it to buy to buy their first homes, um, but usually younger people don't have very much uh, in the way of savings yet. So. Uh, you know, it's um, we'll see if it, we'll see if we'll see if it pays off. But it's interesting to see that it's uh, considered more of a right wing policy in in Australia. We're here in New Zealand because it was introduced by Labor at the time. It was quite heavily opposed by the National Party. 
And uh, so I mentioned that uh, Tim Wilson is one of the, the inner city uh, Liberal MPs under threat from the, the Teal Independents. Uh, it seems, though, that uh, the, the Liberal MPs in Sydney will uh, persevere, Dave Sharma in Wentworth and Trent Zimmerman in North Sydney against the Teal Independent. But Tim Wilson is in a real fight, so is uh, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg in, in Kuyong, who is up against Dr. Monique Ryan. And all of these uh, Teal uh, independents uh, receive funding from Climate uh, 200, uh, uh, which was uh, founded by Simon Holmes Accord, who is the, the son of Australia's first uh, billionaire, uh, Robert Holmes Accord. And uh, most of the Teal independent uh, uh, are women. And uh, one of their what is it campaign issues is better treatment of, of women in in Canberra, uh, but uh, this was the exchange Simon Holmes Court had with uh, Liberal Senator Jane Jane Hume at a Kuyong polling booth, and this was filmed by Josh Frydenberg. No, Just leave me alone, Simon. Please leave me alone. If you're Simon. suing me for defamation, Simon, I don't I want to talk to you. Simon, like you are suing me for defamation. Like please leave me alone. This may have the legal lies. implications. Please leave me alone, Simon. You are the son of Australia's first billionaire. You are suing me for defamation. Please leave me alone. Leave me alone. Hey, Josh, how are you doing? I agree with everything she says. <laughs> you agree with her lies? Would you like to repeat her lies? Lies, mate. Why don't you go on your mate? Leave me alone. Stop annoying me. We don't want to be talking to you. You are a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little Yeah, so pretty uh, ugly uh, exchange there. And well, um, Jane Hume, she's tough as nails. I mean, I doubt that she was like really intimidated uh, by that, uh, but certainly it's not a good look. Uh, <laughs> there was a good comment by uh, Evan uh, Mohalhand of the IPA. No wonder they called the voices off because you never want to meet the faces of. And uh, that, that, that was probably funny, but I didn't quite get the reference. <laughs> you don't want to see the faces of uh, the the independents or the the people backing them. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Simon Holmes Accord, uh, he has uh, issued a oh, is issued an apology. Oh, this stupid mm -hmm. autoplay here. Hang on, I'll, I'll... ad blocked him. It does, I notice it does the the same thing on uh, what is it uh, News Hub where it just rolls over to the next story. Yeah, yeah, it'll keep going. Yeah, and you you can't. There, there's no option to to go back. No, no. You'll think you're on one story, and then you come back to the tab later, and it's decided to move on. Yeah, here we go. Here, so. Uh, he, uh, Mr. Holmes, of court, said in a statement, Senator Hume has repeatedly used her position to spread lies and misinformation about me for several years. Despite remaining calm throughout the conversation, it is clear that a public space was not the forum to ask her to retract her lives. And for that, I apologise to Senator Hume. Uh, so that's a pretty backhanded apology. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a non-apology. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I did and, see on uh, Twitter a... Uh, another video from Australian politics. Perhaps it's on your list as well, but... Um... Yes, uh, Scott Morrison, a, well, a 
had a a clash uh, with a a kid he was playing soccer with in uh, ta- northern Tasmania, and this is this is how it uh, unfolded. Kids should go to school. <laughs> and now Scott Morrison did well to react to to cradle uh, the 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 boy, uh, so to, to soften the 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 fall. And I, I reckon his advisors in the background would be like, "Oh no!" <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was a there was a high five uh, afterwards. I, it's I, I was hoping there that uh, Scott Morrison did break his hand with the the high five, but uh, yeah. Um, the, the kid was in good spirits afterwards and said that yeah he thought it should have been a a, a penalty because yeah they they're 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 very competitive those young players. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yes, the Origin tank played the league commentary. Did you? There was another clip. The one that I saw on Twitter was the one that had um, some professional commentary overlaid onto it, and uh, it was it was a, it was good good for a laugh. Um, certainly, um, if you. If you can, uh, if you can find that one online, it's definitely worth a watch. Uh, obviously, the Scott Morrison haters uh, were were keen to uh, say that, oh, just look at how reckless he could have, you know, broke uh, broken a bone uh, of that uh, uh, boys. And, but uh, most people have just laughed at it, especially uh, the week after he called himself uh, a bulldozer. I know that there was some, let's <laughs> say, what is that? Uh, uh, fake news that what is it he crash tackled the child they weren't playing rugby they were playing soccer <laughs> uh, but uh we had uh, anthony albanese uh finish uh the campaign uh as he started it uh with a, a gaffe and uh not dealing with the uh the media's questioning he what is it he did a runner on the, the press pack on on Wednesday uh, when he was in in Perth, which was was quite funny. Thanks very much. And now Mark's going to talk. Right. Thanks very much. Any questions for me? Let's go, Mr. Albanese. Will your deficit be higher or lower than the current? I'm sorry, Albanese. Oh. Yeah, I know. I just wait till this madness finishes. Yeah. Uh, do you want to wait a minute, maybe? Or? It's honestly about that. Isn't there a problem with transparency? We're now on the pre- We're following you for answers, Mr Albanese, and you're now just not giving them. You have to answer eventually. <laughs> they chased after him like a current affair uh, reporters do after a dodgy guy there. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. One of these... Uh, uh you know why have you been scamming people uh... <laughs> and uh, you saw the the wa premier mark mcgowan they basically mm-hmm. probably was thinking and they call me a clown yeah yeah uh, was, uh... <laughs> and he because this was the day before labor announced their their costings uh so they're going to spend an extra seven billion uh, at least in the next uh, financial year there's a few more that are what is it off book uh, spends, but they they call them in investments, not uh, spending, because there'll be a return 
to yeah. the economy and uh, to yeah. the, the taxpayer. That's the argument. But Albo actually tried to ditch his uh, press pack by sending them all to uh, Shadow Treasurer Jim Chalmers and uh, uh, Shadow Finance Minister Katie Gallagher's uh, press conference in Canberra uh, where the costings would be released while he uh, ran up to, I think it was Brisbane or or Sydney, to to, to try and ditch them again. And uh, we, we, um, uh, you know, you're talking about your spending, uh, categorising spending as investment. Here in New Zealand, uh, it's much worse now as of the latest budget. The uh, all of New Zealand's assets are now counted uh, as uh, um, uh, counterweights to the debt. So they effectively factor all of our our assets into the debt as if they've already sold them to pay for the debt, um, and and that the entire country is bankrupt. So that's how we now calculate debt in New Zealand. And uh, the big part, obviously, the big message in the budget <clears throat> uh, has been a, a three hundred and fifty dollar. Uh, check some helicopter money uh, that is uh, has come out here, and uh, as Cam Slater on the BFD calls it here, no longer uh, communism by stealth, which was a uh, a label used by John Key to talk about uh, the uh, working for families subsidies many years ago. Um, but they are just handing out money, so you're now going to get over. Uh, if you earn under seventy thousand dollars, you now will get a uh, twenty seven a week handout for three months over winter. Uh, twenty, but by the time winter comes around uh, properly, twenty-seven dollars a week may just buy you a block of tasty cheese, uh, and uh, that's uh, that seems to be about it. So that's uh, you know the the response to seven percent inflation from Jacinda Ardern is to uh, is to just give people uh, uh, you know helicopter money, uh, which uh, for those who don't understand economics is the kind of thing that causes inflation. Uh, we also see here um, up the top here, um, one of the other handouts here is the government investing, would <laughs> investing here $100 million by buying minority shareholdings and small and medium sized businesses that need extra funds to expand. So the government is basically going to be uh, buying up businesses, uh, again, borrowing another $100 million to to do all of this, uh, you know, become, uh, you know, uh, public owners uh, getting a stake in the means of production, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, that is the uh, the kind of investment that's going on here. And uh, yeah, uh, calling it communism may be a little bit over uh, uh, overhyped, but uh, absolutely absolutely crazy idea from the government to be uh, a handing out uh, you know just checks to people like you know as if they were dropping cash from helicopters, and then also just to be buying up uh, chunks of businesses in New Zealand. Uh, things are not going to get much better if they are, you know, the, the inflation was, was forecasted to peak. Uh, but yeah, I'm not sure uh, the inflation uh, rate is going to come under control at this rate. Um, and yeah, um, Origins pointed out as well, uh, the, uh, there's a fuel subsidy that's been extended for another two months. And same thing with public transport uh, is half price as well for another uh, two or three months now. Um, the problem is once that expires, because petrol is back up over $3 a litre, so you, again, $3 a litre for petrol, uh, once those subsidies expire, well, subsidies, sorry, the, the temporary tax cuts and the subsidies for public transport, the temporary tax cuts on petrol are going to, uh, you know, at some point, if they don't make them permanent, run out, and that means your, your price of petrol is going to jump another 25 cents. So you'd be looking at, you know, $3.30, $3.40, $3.50, you know, whatever it is. In, in three months. So it is 
um, you know, the uh, wonderful, uh, wonderful budget that for the first time ever uh, basically expands uh, spending, uh, uh, expands the deficit in, 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 you know, in a high inflation environment. Uh, are they still called uh, well-being uh, budgets? Uh, because that was no, no. This one is a cost of living budget. Uh, they don't do the well-being budgets anymore. Yeah, it... <laughs> now the, uh, the I don't I didn't see the term well-being budget being used um, to talk about it, other than Jacinda Ardern saying, you know, well-being has been, uh, you know, or, or you know, the cost of living has been at the center of every budget that we that that we do, and blah blah blah. Some meaningless waffle. Uh, uh, so yeah, but they the last budget was the special uh, um, wellness whatever it was budget that that they've they, they've they've got to call this one a different name. But I actually have not seen an official name attached to it. They usually will will do that. Um, but yeah, basically is the the cost of living budget. But that doesn't sound as doesn't quite have the same ring to it. Well, that was sort of the the last uh, Frydenberg uh, Morrison budget before the federal election. It was more just well uh, trying to buy your vote uh, budget. But, but we're still over a year away from the next election, so you're like, are you going to buy your vote? People are going to forget the money by Christmas, so I don't know what they're going to do next year. But if this is what they do in an off year, um, it could get even worse in an election year. Well, it will. Uh, Colin has said uh, yeah, the, the the liberal uh, slogan is it won't be easy under Albanese. And uh, when uh, he addressed the Italian-Australian forum, I think that was called last night, uh, Albanese claimed, uh, well, basically said, uh, claimed it was racist to uh, have a campaign pun on his his name. <laughs> last federal election, uh, uh, the the slogan of the Liberals was uh, Bill Shorten is the, the Bill Australia uh, ca can't afford him. Bill is yeah. an, an Anglo name. I mean, is that racist <laughs> against uh, No, no, it's all right. You, you, you're allowed to be racist against white people. That's perfectly fine. But hang on a minute. Isn't he white too? Anthony Albanese. Yes. Well, obviously he's half uh half half italian i'm not sure what is it whether yeah, okay. his mother was uh, italian because, uh, <laughs> she she took uh, we won't have this conversation we yeah she she that. took the the father's name because well she was a unwed uh catholic in the in the 60s so that's uh did you know that albanese was raised by a, a single parent in uh public housing did you did you know that because is nearly mentioned it in every state. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, it's one of these jokes. We were talking about Mark Stein earlier. He makes the joke. Um, I remember it was uh, probably two election cycles ago in America. He's talking about how the candidates always talk about their background. So he had this one candidate going around saying, I'm the son of a mailman. And so so Mark Stein was making jokes every day. I'm the, I'm the son of a mailman. I'm the son of the mailman. You know, do you know that I'm the, have I told you, you know, that, that my father was a mailman and, and on and on it went. The, uh, the 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 other uh, the, the the other line that he's used well all throughout his political career is that I was raised in uh, in three great faiths uh, the Catholic Church the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Australian Labor Party. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, we had uh, there was uh, one. Well, it might be the last gaffe of. Uh, uh, Anthony Albanese, because he was asked about the the cost of living uh, pressures that Australians are, are facing, and this was his response. Our borders are closed, Lisa. Mm. Our borders are closed. People are doing it tough. Uh, that's having an impact on employment we, employment figures. We know that that's the case. Yeah. Uh, but we 
Yes, the borders have been open to Australians since November last year and were open to the world since uh, February, unless he's giving away Labor's uh, secret plan <laughs> borders again and uh, uh, make, uh, get uh, get some use out of their uh, quarantine camps uh, that they, they've built. Uh, but yeah, we've uh, invested. We've invested in those camps, Tim. We can't we can't let that go to waste. Uh, but we, uh, we, yeah. and also the um, depending on how your election goes, uh, the the three hundred and fifty dollars uh, that I was talking about earlier also goes to uh, uh, is sort of roughly what a one way ticket to Australia goes for at the moment. So uh, a lot of New Zealanders are currently fleeing to Australia, and uh, that will probably increase over the next year. So if you get if you if you stash away your uh, twenty seven dollars a week from Jacinda for three months, uh, you can buy yourself a one way plane ticket to Australia. Of course, uh, you'll probably want to wait until you find out the result of the election tomorrow, you know, just to be sure. Although things aren't too crash hot with our uh, economy, because obviously uh, inflation has uh, risen by 5.1% over the past year, but uh, wages, it was revealed this week, have only increased uh, by 2.4%. So real wages have gone down. So with all the inflation everyone's got a pay cut uh, but unemployment is at 3.9 uh, percent but of course that doesn't include the people who can't work uh, due to vaccine mandates and uh, obviously it's we, obviously it's so low as well because they haven't opened the the floodgates uh, to the skilled uh, worker migrants uh, yet it'll be interesting after the election, whoever wins, they just sign off on whatever the business lobby uh, wants and uh, yeah, flood, uh, flood the labor market. Mm. And to uh, wrap up tonight's gaffes, uh, we did have a, a typo on uh, One News's coverage of the budget. Uh, they uh, announced to the world that we were going to be spending uh, about 600 uh, uh, or over $600 billion uh, uh, of, uh, on uh, defense. So uh, with uh, $662.5 billion uh, of uh, extra spending on our defense forces, that would put our total uh, defense spending not at 2% of GDP, but at 200% of GDP. Uh, so if, uh, if that were uh, you know, Grant Roberts' real uh, objective, it would be the start of a uh, global New Zealand empire, because we could probably afford to uh, take on most of the superpowers around the world with that. Mm. What is that? You could build, what is that, uh, lots of, what is that, secret military bases underneath uh, the mountains. <laughs> Absolutely. And now, uh, this isn't uh, necessarily a gaffe, but it's uh, a photo uh, which you wonder what's going on here. <laughs> so former Liberal Prime Minister John Howard, he's been uh, wheeled out to uh, marginal electorates. Here he is in Kuyong with Josh Frydenberg. And it looks like he's grabbing this voter and... <laughs> It's like she's she's got to like sort of smile, but he's like it's like he's trying to shake sense into her. <laughs> um, yes, well, uh, as they get older, uh, uh, they uh, they get a little bit more honest too. Sometimes I don't know if people saw the uh, clip of George Bush. Uh, I didn't put it in the media for uh, for today for tonight yes. because it wasn't really related to any of the topics. But it made me think of that uh, with George Bush accidentally. Uh, describing himself as, um, you know, the uh, brutal, uh, brutal and unjustified invasion of Iraq. 
He actually, what is that? Told the truth. Was John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember if John Howard was before that. Uh, probably he was. Uh, he was the decade before that, wasn't he? Uh, no, John Howard was. Uh, he was part of the the coalition of the willing with George W. Bush oh, and so uh, Tony Blair. George W. Bush described him as uh, a man of steel. <laughs> well, definitely uh, putting the steel to use in that photograph. He's uh, eight, oh, uh, going on 82. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, he is. Well, that was George really... Bush's excuse. You see, he was like, oh, I'm 75, you know. Although he is He still does his, his morning uh, power walk that he was was famous for as, as prime minister. And he's outlived his, uh, his uh, leadership rival from the 80s, Andrew Peacock, who, who died last year. They were the same age. Now let's move on to uh, Victorian uh, news, uh, which uh, obviously it's always uh, terrible, isn't it? Uh, yes, no good uh, news. No, never any good news from Victoria. Yeah, because it's either incompetence or corruption uh, that is going on. So we finally saw uh, some action on a damning uh, report into. Uh, Victoria's triple O system, uh, which has actually been uh, uh, ambulance de- delays have uh, contributed to the, the deaths of 21 people. So the Emergency Services Telecommunication Authority will be rebadged as a triple zero uh, Victoria and will be moved to the uh, Department of Justice and uh, Community. So it'll be aligned with like the other emergency services such as uh, fire and rescue and uh, Victoria uh, police uh, so it was it was a report uh, that was delivered by former uh, P- uh, police commissioner Graham Ashton so the government said it reported in principle the 20 recommendations uh, made by uh, Mr. Uh, Ashton, which includes extra funding for more staff and changes to improve call taking and uh, responses. So we'll see if this actually changes anything because restructuring, rebranding, more money doesn't necessarily help, but it you know grabs a headline. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, yeah. And uh, we've had uh, Labor uh, MLC Harriet Shing. Uh, she's uh, shut down. Uh, to a uh, upper house uh, committees uh, trying to uh, uh, ask uh, questions about uh, uh, IBAC investigations uh, into the the premier and uh, the the Labour red shirts wrought of the, the 2014 election. The, in the first one, about uh, it was a question about why Daniel Andrews was privately question by by IBAC, Harriet Singh, uh, she actually pulled the plug on the live stream and they had a, what is it, a meeting and she came back and said, we will not ask about personal matters. And the second one, uh, she stopped, uh, she didn't pull the plug, but she interrupted the the questioning about, uh, of the, the ombudsman, Deborah Glass, about uh, the, the red shirt, shirts uh, probe and uh, the outgoing IBAC commissioner says, you know, I need more powers and uh, need more funding to do my job properly. And the, the governor said, probably because it's election here, yeah, we'll, we'll, we're, we're open to that. And well, especially since federal labor is promising a, a federal anti-corruption uh, commission and they have, well, <laughs> one of their, their MLCs pulling the plug on parliamentary proceedings. Mm-hmm. 
and uh never 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 uh open to uh, investigating uh, the corruption when it's you know when they're the ones uh behind it and um uh, it should be mentioned that Harriet Singh is uh, married to Dan Andrews' chief of staff, uh, Lizzie Ratcliffe. They're the the, the power, the the one of the power couples uh, in uh, Victoria. And we uh, we have a similar kind of uh, um, uh, uh, nepotism and corruption that goes on here in New Zealand when it comes to the local government uh, minister uh, and uh, Nani Amahuta. Uh, same thing. She her sister sits on the the the, the uh, boards of the uh, various organizations that uh, you know she's uh, restructuring uh, and her husband uh, you know work is a contractor or and, and his business uh, works on uh, various reports such as the Hepua um, Pua report for instance to uh, talk about uh, or to implement co-governance in New Zealand uh, and uh, you know to, to to build projects that uh, uh, the local government uh, ministry approves, which is obviously the ministry that she runs. So that kind of nepotism uh, goes on uh, here in New Zealand too. And uh, whether or not we get an investigation into that, we we will see. Uh, but uh, it is uh, yeah, the, a, a, a vision of the future, perhaps. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Now, the Victorian Liberal uh, opposition uh, are doing themselves uh, no favours and uh, are under real risk of alienating their base if they decide to expel uh, next week the, the parliamentary party uh, pro-life, uh, MLC Bernie Finn, who has been 100% uh, pro-life throughout his parliamentary career, which began mm-hmm. in 1992 when he was the, the member for Tullamarine. And it all stems from a post where he said that he was uh, praying for abortion to be banned in uh, Victoria. And he also uh, opposes abortion in the, the case of uh, sexual uh, assault. So Wendy Francis, the Australian Christian Lobby's National Director of Politics, said the opposition was making a mistake by planning to send Mr Finn uh, to the crossbench. Unless there was some big misconduct, the party should not be dismissing a democratically elected MP. They need to spell out what the uh, transgressions are. And it's conscience vote uh, in the Liberal Party as it is in the Labor Party life uh, issues. And it mentions in this uh, article uh, some of his other colourful uh, uh, memes on his social media comparing Dan Andrews to, to Hitler. I mean, there's been thousands of Victorians <laughs> who've done that. Nice. It sounds, sounds like the only, only good senator you've got mm. or representative. Uh, described a, a former female staffer as a rat, shared several pro-Trump posts during and after the Capitol Hill rights in 2021 and described ah, nice. Andrews in an indecent position with a goat in a public toilet. He <laughs> <laughs> sound, sounds like ultra-maga. And so, what is that? Uh, a Liberal MP told The Age he was given his final chance in September. He was told off by a number of colleagues. There's only so many times you can put up with an absolute moron. He has been given too many chances. We've tolerated far too much uh, for too long. So, the what is that? Uh, the, the D-Day is uh, uh, next Tuesday at uh, 8.30 a.m. So the motion was signed by opposition leader Matthew Guy and the rest of the leadership team, David Southwick, the deputy, and the upper house leaders, David Davis and, and Georgie Crozer. So 
yeah, this is this will be uh, incredibly uh, self-destructive if they uh, decide to do this, the Victorian Liberal Party. And we are now in the last 10 minutes of the show. So if you do have any uh, last minute questions or super chats, uh, please do send them through. Uh, and uh, we will answer any of your other questions in the chat. Uh, I see one about the election live stream. I'm sure you'll repeat that at the end of the show, though. Yes, certainly will. Uh, so I might as well say it now. Uh, 6 p.m. Melbourne time uh, tomorrow night when the polls close on the East Coast. It will be live on the Unshackled and Wilmstrand uh, YouTube channels as well as the Unshackled Facebook page. Uh, now, uh, we've got time for a few other things. And uh, a, lot, uh, well, a lot of people have been suspicious about this uh, sudden monkeypox outbreak given that the, the WHO uh, is trying to get this uh, uh, pandemic uh, treaty signed by all the, the nations, though uh, monkeypox is not a novel virus. It was uh, first, it, it, the, the first human infections were in, was it Uganda in the 19th, uh, mm -hmm. uh, no, sorry, Congo in the, the 1970s. That's uh, apparently the Congo strain, that's the, the, the more, lethal one and so they've, they've done the sequencing for this uh monkeypox in the west and it's the the west african milder strain or you could call it the nigerian uh strain uh so they've done the, what a is scam <laughs> well they've been able to get the, the sequencing done quickly because well the virus wasn't discovered in communist china like the the Wu flu yeah. Was didn't, uh, uh, didn't come from one of those Ukrainian bio labs, did it? Um, yeah, well, we don't know. There was, wasn't there, there was a few monkeypox cases in the in, in the West last year, isolated cases, and wasn't there like a, a truck crashed and it had what is that, uh, lab monkeys that escaped and a bit a female driver had to had to go to, to hospital. I think the what is that, the first mm -hmm. the, the the discovery of monkeypox was it was in uh lab monkeys when they were studying polio. That was in nineteen fifty eight in Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Scott Morrison was asked about the uh pandemic uh treaty and this was his uh, initial response. The World Health Organization meets on May 22 and on the agenda is a potential pandemic treaty which would allow WHO to direct countries in how they control pandemics. Mm. Would you consider signing up to that and handing over any controls to the organization? I have always been supportive right from the outset and was criticized heavily, I stress, heavily, mocked in fact by the Labor Party for saying the WHO should have those powers and those authorities to be able to go and deal with pandemic situations because we all know what happened at the start of this pandemic. Uh, we, well, the problem is we don't know what happened at the start of this pandemic and I was the one calling to ensure that we had an independent process to understand what happened so it couldn't be repeated. So I have been in the vanguard of those moves internationally to ensure that there is greater protection for world health, to ensure that uh, those world health authorities can come and understand what's going on and be able to assist countries to be able to prevent the spread and outbreak of major infectious diseases. Uh, now we'll look at the text of all of that, but we have been amongst the countries that have been positive about these sorts of changes, have to look closely at what the detail is in these things, as you always must. But the idea 
that countries can just say, no, you can't come in and have a look at a pandemic that's about to break out and actually affect the, the public health and the economy of the entire world, as we saw with this pandemic, then I think it's only sensible that that's an area of international cooperation um, that is very, very important. And I've been consistent on that. And remember, the Labor Party mocked me for saying that that was a good idea. Uh, so he's basically saying, "Who come on in?" Uh, Go on in. Uh, didn't didn't the uh, the WHO uh, uh, try to bury the the entire uh, pandemic situation at the beginning? Weren't they the last ones to admit that something was going on? Weren't they the last? Yeah, ones they, to they say, first. Like, maybe uh, we should do something. Uh, China's uh, line that there was no human to human transmission; yeah. it was just related to the wet market, and uh, withheld the uh, genomic sequencing uh right. or the, the genomic sequence yeah exactly which is, but, uh, is insane i mean to say and then to say that you would cede your sovereignty to that organization right to the very organization that failed uh you know miserably uh, uh that that is so corrupt that it wouldn't uh you know didn't want to offend the uh the chinese government and uh you know buried the the pandemic story for like i don't know it was at least a month after uh uh it was global that they were still denying it was even a thing, you know, and that was the WHO. Uh, absolutely insane to say that you should hand over anything to them. Uh, Albanese was asked the same question and he, what is it, gave another waffle answer, said, do we believe in, what is it, multilateral dialogue and cooperation? <laughs> yeah. He wasn't so, uh, like, uh, amazingly, he wasn't so uh, as uh, eager, like Scott Morrison was, for the the who to 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 just yeah, yeah come, come on in. Though Scott Morrison, uh, as uh, he always uh, does, uh, he backed away uh, immediately uh, when he what is it? He probably saw the the backlash, and because also he also wanted to to wedge uh, Albanese. He said uh, no more. We're we're going to have no more lockdowns and 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 shutdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. We've moved past that. We're we're living with the 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 virus now and so he went on 2gb later with jim wilson and said it was rubbish that uh, we were going to sign this this treaty so again you can't trust uh scott morrison this was the 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 guy that still claims there's no mandatory vaccination uh policy um and that there's nothing and that there's nothing i can do to for the states to enact these things even though well i promise that there's what is it no more lockdowns and, and shutdowns so again like he's proven it well uh proven himself not to be trusted well uh, this is one of the things against him he's a proven liar and uh I, we talked about the platform at the beginning of the show uh sean plunkett uh hosted a an interview or a discussion around the who treaty and he said that nobody from the government would come on on the show to even discuss the treaty because they said they didn't want to give any kind of oxygen to conspiracy theories. So uh, we can't talk about the WHO uh, treaty because talking about the WHO treaty uh, would uh, encourage conspiracy theorists. Hmm. So that was the official government line. Uh, There's a question here on Entropy, a a super chat from Absolute3 for uh, five uh, US dollars. Actually, the same question, two lots of five uh, US dollars. So thank you very much for that, Absolute3. Ask, have you uh, ever considered bailing uh, Victoria, Tim? 
Yes, I have. Um, that's certainly crossed cross my mind. I, I did. Uh, I was tempted to, to move to New South Wales in 2021, but you know, that got locked down just as hard as uh, Victoria in, 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 in 2021 with, what is that, uh, Gulag Gladys, as she was known. Uh, she's, she's gone uh, gone now. We have the globalist libertarian Dom Perrottet uh, in, in New South Wales, though he's proven himself to uh, implement things such as QR codes just to get the media off his, off his back. Uh, but, yes, we do have a state election in November, uh, November 26, 2022. So I think definitely, like, I've been a person, you know, who's wanted to stay and uh, help save my state. Uh, I grew up here. But, uh, yes, there, there could be, yeah, there might be no hope if Andrews is re-elected uh, this uh, election. Um and yeah, well, obviously there there will be a huge change. Uh, yeah, well, in uh, Australia's uh, the governing of Australia after this federal election, if there's a change of government, uh, Anthony Albanese, uh, in a sign that he's getting a bit cocky, said that uh, because there's a, a quad meeting next week, and so Albanese said if he wins, he'll uh, he'll get himself uh, sworn in uh, with Foreign Minister uh, Penny Wong, and they'll, they'll go off to the, the quad uh, immediately. And uh, we did have a, um, I mean, mentioned the uh, monkeypox connection to Ukraine recently. We did have an international story that in some way had some links to Australia and New Zealand, uh, this this month as well, the Buffalo shooting in the United States, obviously uh, a guy there who claimed to be inspired by Tarant, who uh, was Australian born and New Zealand's uh, um, uh, largest mass murderer. Uh, what is of interest there, of course, is that um, uh, that Tarant was most likely trained by the Azov Battalion in Ukraine. Uh, and uh, the uh, they just announced this surrender, I think about 48 hours after um, uh, the shooting in Buffalo, no direct connection there necessarily, but we did see both of those stories disappear very, very quickly at around the same time. And obviously a big conflict there for Western countries to be, uh, funding the, uh, uh you know, Ukrainian neo-Nazi battalions, uh, uh, and, and then at the same time, uh, having, you know, mass murderers in New Zealand and the United States be, you know, inspired and, and, you know, directly trained by, those same as off uh, militants there in, in in Ukraine. Yes, the the war in Ukraine that seems to well have have wound down and is just well it's focused on the the disputed Donbass regions. Well, there's been an eight year civil war there, um, but uh, we have what is that now? Uh, Finland and Sweden wanting to join NATO and what is that? Putin and uh, that the foreign minister Lavrov basically said, "Yeah, we, you know, we don't care." Given that the idea of the war was to <laughs> yeah. stop NATO uh, expansion. So, yeah, an interesting thing about um, about NATO and why they care so much about Ukraine is actually the size of the Ukrainian army, which which is um, you know mind-bogglingly large compared to the rest of Europe. So, your the Ukrainian army was actually larger than the entire European, you know, the the, the number of battalions that the rest of the European nations combined could field. So if you add a few more NATO countries like uh, um, uh, Finland and Sweden, and you get you know three, two or three extra battalions, uh, whereas Ukraine has like forty or fifty, 
that it can field, which is why I guess the you know the uh, Russians felt extremely threatened by uh, Ukraine. Uh, after this is over, I don't think Ukraine is going to be fielding a particularly large army. Um, and uh, whether or not uh, NATO is going to expand will remain to be seen because Turkey uh, sees that it uh, has a prime opportunity to uh, get a little bit more leverage over the uh, rest of it's Europe. Like, it's like a legacy member of NATO. <laughs> yeah. okay, hang on a minute. Turkey is part of NATO. Oops. But obviously Tur- Turkey is a more valuable member of NATO as well. You know, they don't want Turkey to be al- aligned with Russia and Iran. Um, but then if they want to keep Turkey happy, you know, they, in terms of, of, of military and strategic importance, um, uh, uh, Turkey is more important. And thank you, Origin, for the correction there. I was talking about battalions, I should be talking about divisions, uh, which is the correct military term for, for what I was just talking about. Uh, we've had uh, the, what is it, the global stocks uh, plummet, uh, fearing hyper uh, inflation, and we've seen one nation default and is having severe fuel and fuel shortages, uh, Sri Lanka, and it serves as uh, a warning to the rest of the world. Uh, the US is uh, out of uh, baby formula, mm-hmm. and what is it, uh, Biden has, has warned that there could be uh, food shortages, but uh, there should be and very possibly there, there. There may be food shortages in 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 countries around the world because of uh, uh, you know grain shortages and and that will have cascading effects, fertilizer shortages and so on. Uh, you don't know what what's happened in Sri Lanka now uh, can can easily uh, shift to other countries because we're all on on the brink here. One of New Zealand's um, uh, most well known economists, Michael Riddell, actually said about Sri Lanka, you know. They, they fell over now, but in, in fact, we're all doomed already. You know, no, no, we're no, nobody's repaying any of that debt. At some point, there is the very real risk uh, of, of all of uh, our countries falling over. And Sri Lanka is, uh, well, uh, it was formerly part of the, the British Empire. Uh, there's a, a, com- a, co- a common Commonwealth uh, connection. Obviously, both of, uh, both of our nations and Sri Lanka love cricket. Uh, two of our greatest freedom fighters in Australia, uh, Real Rakshan and Tricky Tritty, uh, are, are Sh- are Sri Lankan in uh, ethnicity. Real Rakshan has uh, joined Rebel News's uh, stakeout at uh, Klaus Schwab's uh, Davos Lair. Uh, there's there's going to be a meeting nice. at uh, the World Economic Forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if they can, yeah, uh, get any comment uh but uh obviously uh we'll wrap it up now with a what is that uh, an election uh reminder uh make sure that uh you vote uh if you haven't already vote because it's compulsory in australia if you can get fined and you go to uh, prison if you don't vote <laughs> and there's been a last minute uh a a change or clarification to the covid 19 secure telephone voting because uh if you there, there was uh, this uh, uh, this uh, what what is it gap that if you were COVID positive uh, before uh, Tuesday uh, or I think uh, I think Wednesday at uh, six p.m. and hadn't applied for a postal vote, then you couldn't vote over the phone. That's been changed now. So anyone who uh, test had who te- who's tested positive to COVID after six p.m. local time, Friday the thirteenth of May, can do telephone voting. It'll be online registration available to until four p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So if you like, you test positive like at uh, 
at uh, midday. I wonder if, like, what if you're positive or a close contact to, to monkeypox? Can you still uh, have that uh, that service? Because obviously we've got some local cases. Well, hopefully you're not engaging in any activities that spread monkeypox while you're at the voting booth. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it, what is it? Uh, uh, Brad Hazard this afternoon was uh, was saying that oh, it's a uh, it's party uh, season in 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 Europe, and so a lot of lot of close contact. I think he sort of meant uh, sex parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, that's that's if, uh, if, if, that's, if, that's another reason why I said the story is it, yeah. this one's going to disappear and, very quickly. I've, as we've previously said uh, with the the gonorrhea out, out, outbreak, if you're worried about contracting monkeypox, the the only lockdown that's needed is to lock down your pants. The only mask you need to wear is over uh, your genitals. So uh, make sure you cancel your your orgies. Though I assume that uh, nobody <laughs> watching this show had any planned. No, certainly not. And uh, on, on that uh, subject, the uh, uh, you uh, sorry, not that subject, but the election live stream that you were talking about before, um, I'm not sure if I will be uh, featuring in that. I do have some plans tomorrow evening, but I will be, uh, if if possible, I might pop in later on in the evening uh, to to the uh, Unshackled live stream. And otherwise, I will see everybody uh, next week. Uh, sorry, not next week. Two weeks from now, I will be back uh, to the usual usual schedule, and uh, definitely. Uh, and until until then, everyone uh, stay uh, well behaved. Uh, as uh, uh, Origin has pointed out, no orgies. Uh, yeah. Wear your chastity belts uh, and so on. Uh, just you know, be wholesome and well behaved. Yes, and uh, so I'll I'll see you all in less than twenty four hours time. So. Uh, it'll be uh, hosted by myself, uh, Stephen Berry, who has started the the Stephen. Uh, Inquisition on the Mr. Berry, Mr. Berry channel, 7 p.m. Melbourne time, 9 p.m. Auckland time on his uh, YouTube channel. Also be joined by Kyle Kutazi and uh, Septimus Kane as well, amongst uh, many other people as well. That could be a long night, uh, say, so, and uh, it, well, it potentially could be a nail-biting night. Uh, but I remember from our uh, we did in 2019 uh, Uncuckables, uh, a federal election night live stream. And I think it was clear from about 7.30 that night that uh, the, the the miracle was about to happen. Like looking at the swings in Tasmania, Western Sydney and Queensland, it's like Scott Morrison's going to pull this off. And he did. It won't be quite as exciting this time if it happens though. But uh, anyway, perhaps some good news amongst uh, some of the independents or uh, um, you know, other minor well, parties, I, so we, you know. we are uh, hoping that uh, Dai Lee, who is the the independent uh, running against uh, blowing uh, Christina Keneally uh, in Fowler, uh, who clearly like her, what is it, pitch is to put the foul back in in Fowler, and she's certainly impressing the locals outside the the polling booths. Mm -hmm. Right there. Oh. Get rid of the rats out of the system. Oh, that's a yeah, very, very attractive look to the the voters. She's no Sir Alex Ferguson with that gum chewing. <laughs> all right. Good night, everyone, and uh, until next time. Thank you for watching, and thank you for all of the comments. It's been a good night. Yeah. Stay safe. Stay sane. And stay clean. And stay free.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of Trad Tasman Talk. To keep up with the latest real news and analysis from the Tasman Nations, visit theyoungshackles.net and rightminds.nz.